0: Welcome to multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. I'm happy to be with you again this week to talk about a topic that comes from one of our clients. And that is, what are the alternatives to 1031? I had a client that called me and had a 1031 opportunity in their near future. And as we began to discuss it, some of the alternatives to a 1031 seemed to make more sense. So the question became, is there a way to get the same benefits of a 1031 without doing a 1031? So I want to share with you the answers that he and I came to. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And don't forget to swing by the website, check out the Learning Center and all the other great content that we have for you there, plus the hundred and some odd past episodes of multifamily real estate investing presented by Mara Poling. That hopefully will answer many of the questions you may have about getting into or how you manage your multifamily real estate portfolio. All right, so what are the alternatives to a 1031? First, let's just very quickly touch on what is a 1031. If you've been around for a while listening to some of our sessions or come to some of the webinars or visited the Learning Center, you probably know that already. But for those of you that maybe don't have that background, a 1031 is a tax-free exchange. It allows you to sell a piece of real estate and then turn around and buy another piece of real estate, a replacement property. And if you meet certain criteria, you can take the gain that you experience on that first property and move it into the second property from a tax standpoint, allowing you to defer the amount of time you'll have to pay the tax on that. And you can do these successively to the point where you can go five years, 10 years, or many years without paying that tax, giving you cash to keep your properties growing, and then eventually to pay the tax. And in some very rare instances that we have talked about before, maybe minimize or not even pay the tax. But that's another story. So a 1031 is a really valuable thing. You can't do a 1031 with other kinds of investments. If you own a share of stock and you go to sell it, you can't tell the IRS, well, I'm going to buy some more stock in a different company. Can't I just defer my tax? The answer is no. You can't do that. You can't do that with a bond. You can't do that with um, whatever it is you might be investing in, right? Uh, If you invest in vintage automobiles and you sell one for a profit, well, you got to pay the tax on that profit. You don't have to do that with real estate. You can defer that. So, why wouldn't you want to do one if it if it's great like that? What are, what are the reasons you wouldn't want to do it? Well, there's several. One is, it does cost some money. It's not terribly expensive, but it does cost some money to execute a 1031. At least a few thousand dollars, if it's a fairly simple one. The more complicated the transaction, uh, you can spend tens of thousands of dollars on legal fees and other things. If you're looking at saving... in taxes, then spending $10,000 probably doesn't make any sense. If you're looking at spending a million dollars in taxes, at paying that kind of a tax bill, then spending $10,000 to defer a million in tax probably makes some sense. So there's some scale that's involved in terms of all that. So there's some cost. One of the biggest issues is some of the requirements. You need to purchase a larger asset financially larger. So you sell a piece of property for a half a million dollars. You need to buy something that's more than a half million dollars in order to uh, complete the 1031. You also have to complete the transaction within a certain amount of time. There's two time periods that are involved. One for identifying that property you're going to replace it with. And the second is for actually getting that purchase completed the second one getting the purchase completed is 180 days generally not the more challenging of the two the one that really can be uh, a piece of work is the identification of that property you have 45 days from the day you close the sale of your current asset in order to get a property identified when we do 1031s both for our own portfolio of assets and for clients that we work with, we start the process quite early, anywhere from six months to a year in advance of when the client is envisioning selling that asset or when we envision selling that asset. That allows us to get organized and be ready so that we can take full advantage of the time that we have uh, so we don't have any issues with the 45-day clock but that can be a challenge. And if you sell your property and then fail to identify an asset within that 45 days and close it, then you lose the benefits of the 1031. And if that's the reason you're selling is to execute a 1031, then you may have sold for no no reason at all and be in a position now where you're not in the real estate game anymore. You've gotten out. and Now you have to figure out how to get back in. So that's one reason why you might say that sounds complicated. I don't want anything to do with it. Another piece is it. it doesn't just cost money. There's some fees, as I said, to do this and some expenses. But when you are purchasing that new asset, the majority of the money you put into the property is going to meet these requirements for tax deferral but there are some items you need to cover from a cost standpoint that you don't get 1031 protection on and these you will need additional cash these include expenses around acquiring any loans that you're putting on the property as well as any prepaid accounts any escrow accounts which in the commercial world that we operate in can be hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not a million dollars or more. And that needs to be planned for. And there's ways to do all that. So 1031s can be complicated. There's some timing issues involved. There's some expense involved. And if not organized correctly, uh, you have to put some extra cash in to make them work. So if that sounds like too much work, and gosh, I don't want to do all that, what what could I do instead of a 1031? Well, I've got three answers for you. The first answer is pick up the phone and call your CPA. And by the way, if you don't have a CPA and you have a real estate investment portfolio, go find yourself a CPA. Even if you do your own taxes and want to continue to do that, find someone that can give you tax advice. Uh, taxes are complicated. It's a Uh, a moving target. There's a lot going on in the tax world all the time. You want to have the very best information so you can make the best decision possible for yourself. So call your CPA. And when you talk to the CPA, one of the questions you should ask is, how much tax would I actually have to pay if I just sold and cashed out? I'm not suggesting that that's the right solution for you, but you need to know what the answer to that question is in order to make the decisions that you're going to be making as you go down the road. I must tell you, there are quite a number of clients that I have spoken to who called me because they had a 1031 need and wanted to see if we could help them. And when I gave them this piece of advice, They eventually called me back and said, thanks for the advice. I'm not going to be working with you because I decided it actually wasn't such a bad thing to just pay the tax. And that might be the answer for your particular situation. You obviously have to compare that against all the other alternatives that are out there. If you pay the tax, you now have money, the the proceeds after you sell and after you pay the tax. You now have proceeds that you can invest anywhere you want in any time frame without any constraints, without any need for the extra costs or having to come up with any money out of pocket. So if you're in a position where you're looking at executing a 1031 and it looks daunting, find out how much tax you'd actually owe it's obviously relative, right? Some people might look at a $50,000 tax bill and think, my gosh, that's that's enormous. I need to put myself in a position where I don't have to pay that. And someone else might see a $300,000 tax bill and think, gosh, for the gain I'm actually going to experience, that's not a bad deal. I'm going to go ahead and pay the tax. So there's no answer that I could give you or that someone else can but you need to know what that number is. So talk to your CPA, if it makes sense, then pay the tax. And then you could invest in another piece of real estate and potentially do it in such a way that it's structured to make a 1031 easier. Our investment fund, as an example, takes advantage of the 1031 section of the tax code. And because of that, We have a number of investors that do work with us because they like being in a position to take advantage of it and having somebody else do all the work, which is how we're structured to be able to do that. We also work with clients who are going to execute 1031s who have decided that the tax bill is too large and we help them get that done. But you can't tell if the tax bill is too large or not that bad if you don't know what it is. So you need to talk to your CPA. All right, what's another alternative to doing a 1031? The second thing you should look at would be refinancing the current debt, or if the properties are debt-free, which is not uncommon in many instances, placing some debt on the properties so that you can free up the lazy equity that's in those assets and get it working. Money's pretty cheap right now. Interest rates are low. A few years ago, a 5% rate wasn't a bad loan. And if you could get something in the fours, that was pretty fantastic. We're looking at loans that are in the low threes and even the high twos right now. So money is not very expensive. If you have a property, and this is very common for single family rental or residential size portfolios, if you have a property and you have either paid the loan off or maybe never had a loan on the property, or you have a very small mortgage, you might want to look at refinancing the property or putting new debt on it and borrowing maybe half of the value out. So you'd have a 50% loan to value loan. You then take those funds and you go invest them in another piece of property. That other piece of property is going to generate some cash flow. The cash flow from that may be and likely would be sufficient to cover your debt service on that loan so that you're not taking a step backwards from a cash flow standpoint. And more importantly, that cash flow will grow plus that money that you've borrowed out and invested there it will grow as well so if you have a large amount of equity in a piece of property that you own and you want to free it up so it can start working for you a 1031 is a great way to do that but if you don't want to do a 1031 and you don't want to just sell the property and pay the tax then refinancing it and putting some new debt on may make a great deal of sense Generally speaking, we don't do that, Mara polling. We don't do that for one very specific reason. About the time that our properties build up a sufficient amount of lazy equity, which generally happens somewhere around year five or just a little bit before of our hold period. By the time we get there, and it's time to really look at how we can free up a million, two million, three million, five million dollars of lazy equity that's built up inside an asset. We've also come to a point in time where the amount of depreciation that we have available on that asset is beginning to shrink. We use some specific methodologies, one of them being cost segregation for managing depreciation. It allows us to take a very accurate depreciation schedule and apply it to the property which puts a lot of the depreciation into the first five years. Doesn't mean there isn't depreciation in year six or seven or 10. It's just not as much as there is in the first five. So once we get near year five, there's some incentive to potentially look at replacing the property with a new larger property that may give us the ability to access some additional depreciation. That's why we like 1031s. If you don't wanna go through that hassle though, you can free up a significant amount of the lazy equity, not as much as you can with a 1031, but a significant amount of it. In the example I just offered, it's half of it. You could maybe do even as much as three quarters of the lazy equity and get it working. And that's one of the ways that you could expand your portfolio and do it in such a way that you are um, not having to go through the 1031. So you keep the original asset, you refinance it, you use those proceeds to make other investments. Could be another real estate investment, it could be another property you purchase, it could be a syndication that you choose to invest in. You invest in an individual syndication that Mar or some other sponsor offers, join our investment fund the total return fund Um, there's a variety of things you could do with it you don't have to do anything with it right you could leave it in the bank earning whatever the latest uh, very low interest rate is that the bank will pay you could go buy treasuries you could do lots of things with it you are not restricted in the way that you are with a 1031 that those dollars have to go into a replacement property you're also not precluding the ability to do a 1031 down the road so three or four years from now you wanted to do a 1031 on that original property you can absolutely do that now again these are all the conversations that you want to be having with your cpa what we want to do today is give you a lot of ideas based on the experiences that we've had that'll help you have a fruitful conversation with your tax advisor so you could just pay the tax you ought to know what that number is The second answer is you could free up the lazy equity using debt. You could borrow that money out and get it working, doing something else that will continue to grow the size and value of your portfolio. The third thing you can do is nothing. Just don't do anything. If you have a property that's performing well, there's no requirement that you free up the lazy equity. There's no requirement that you do a 1031. If you own a duplex and it's performing well and you're getting cash flow off of it and you've received some tax benefits from depreciation and it's easy for you to manage and you like it, you don't have to do anything. You can just keep it right where it is. Does it cost you anything? No, you're not having to write a check to do that. There's opportunity costs involved because you could absolutely be growing your uh, value and your cash flow more rapidly by accessing that lazy equity, whether it's through refinancing or a 1031. And while those other things improve your overall financial performance, that may or may not ultimately be what's of great value to you. So, those three answers. Pay the tax, and then you can invest the money kind of wherever you want, or refinance and cash out and put that money into whatever other kind of investment you'd like to do, or don't do anything, very few of those lead to a path where someone might end up working with us at Mara Polling. It's possible you could refinance and as I said, put that money into maybe one of our syndications. But generally speaking, the advice that I'm giving you right now to explore these options are options that aren't geared towards having you become one of our clients. This is one of the places where we try to really be sincere about our intent to help educate to help spread the word so that more people will understand how multifamily real estate operates and what some of the options are that are available to them in terms of how they can manage their investments. All roads don't lead to investing with a syndicator. If that's what you think makes a lot of sense for you and you want to exit the assets that you hold and you want to move your money to a professionally managed structure uh, with Mara Polling or with another firm like us, then that may be a path you want to follow. And it's possible that a 1031 or paying the tax or one of these cash out strategies might make some sense. But at the end of the day, you need to come up with the strategy that makes the most sense for you. And you can't do that if you don't have an understanding of all the options you've got in front of you. So if you have a real estate portfolio that you've built, whether it's a single family rental or you have a dozen duplexes and you're now thinking about, I've got some equity inside these, I think I ought to be doing a 1031, I would encourage you, talk to your accountant so you can find out what it would look like if you just paid the tax explore with a broker with a mortgage broker what it would look like if you took some cash out of those assets using debt and then give some thought to what you might do with that cash how you would invest it so that it would grow the value of your investment portfolio and also just pencil out what the next several years look like if you just don't do anything if you just keep managing them that gives you three really good scenarios to look at. And from there, that may give you some indication as to whether or not a 1031 makes sense. If you look at each of those and come to the conclusion that that's not going to meet your needs, that's not gonna get your goals uh, achieved, then you wanna go back and take a look at a 1031. How could I do a 1031? And maybe that will, in fact, get me to where I want to go. But a 1031 isn't for everybody. And that's why you ought to explore these other options. So I hope this was valuable. Uh, You may have been surprised by our answers Um, if you were great always happy to spread some news that expands everyone's uh thinking and horizons if you have questions about 1031s if you'd like to explore this in a little more detail in particular for your own portfolio i am happy to talk to you about it there's no obligation i'm not we're not offering that as a way to uh, uh, solicit business solicit investment in our fund or in any other vehicle that we have Uh, We sincerely would like to help you. So if you have uh, some assets and want to think more about a 1031, I'd be happy to help you think about that. Just shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And please join me next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Polling.